Hi, I'm Tony Mala, and welcome to the ASA Podcast, a program for automotive professionals that helps keep you ahead of what's now, what's new, and what's next in the business of automotive service and collision repair. This podcast is brought to you by the Automotive Service Association, dedicated to driving your success. And we'll be sharing information, insight, and inspiration that will not just help you make a living, it will help you make a difference. Hi, I'm talking today with Tony Masudo, the owner of Everything Automotive in Jacksonville, Florida. And we're going to be discussing a topic that everyone seems to be concerned about these days, and that is the electrification of our vehicle fleet. Electric vehicles are definitely coming. How soon is anybody's guess? So without further ado, Tony, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I understand you're uh, working at hybrid shop in Jacksonville, Florida. Tell us a little bit about your business. How long have you been in business? Been in business since 2012. Named my company Everything Automotive so that people wouldn't call and ask if I do brakes and stuff. And a couple of years ago, I've been to school a few times on the hybrid classes, the CTI classes. And a couple of years ago, I realized they're here to stay. I, everywhere I drive, there's Priuses on the road. So I decided to start really studying and uh, took the, the ASE L3 test to feel comfortable and got some of the uh, safety equipment and I've jumped in with both feet. Interesting. And again, you've been servicing uh, hybrid since you opened or was that a recent, a recent development? Just in the last two years, just okay. really in the last two years. That's when I ventured into hybrid. I wanted to get trained before I jumped in it. And of course, as you said, your shop's everything automotive, you service everything. So you're actually a very typical business model. Most of the shops that are doing the hybrid service actually service all kinds of cars. They just incorporate the hybrid electric vehicles into their mix, which is, I assume, what you're doing as well, right? Yes, sir. Okay, great. I know that it's going to be a fundamental change to everything that we're doing when the power plant changes. But electric vehicles really aren't new. Hybrids certainly aren't. The earliest hybrid vehicles are now antiques. And if my memory serves correctly, Henry Ford actually almost built electric cars. I know he built an electric car for his wife and she loved it. And somewhere along the line, he decided to go with the gasoline powered vehicles. But we could have just as easily had electric Fords way back when he first got started. That looks like it's going to be the case. Pretty much every major vehicle manufacturer has committed to being pure electric at some point in the future. And General Motors is talking about being pure electric within five years, assuming they could make that. A couple of statistics. So far, electric vehicles make up, actually hybrid vehicles make up about 1% of the vehicle park. And I know there's a lot of concern that, uh, as there always is when technology takes a big leap like this, that the aftermarket won't be able to cope. That hasn't been true in the past. I doubt very much it's going to be true now, but it is a fact that it's going to take a while for these things to catch on. Based on your experience, what do you think the impact of the electric vehicle market is going to be in your shop? Are we going to see a flood of these things sooner than we think? Or do you think it's going to be pretty much a slow ramp up? Mine's been ramping up pretty quickly in the last two years. It's, um, we get, you know, we get calls every day because a lot of people won't work on them. They're scared to work on them or they don't feel comfortable working on them. And I'm okay with that. but. We get calls every day. I've got four or five Priuses on the lot right now that people bring them. I have a customer that brings one from Savannah, Georgia, which is over an hour away. So wow. I believe they're going to be a big deal and not very far in the future. What percentage of your shop work now is, is basically hybrids? I would say probably close to three to 5%. 
Wow. Okay. So you're actually higher than the average for the, uh, for the vehicle fleet. Fact being, this is also a regional thing. I know there's a lot more hybrids per square mile in California, for example, and actually on the East Coast, which is where you're located, than there is perhaps in the heartland. But there's lots of activity at the federal government level. I know we've been monitoring it to uh, install things like charging stations across the country to make it more practical to have an electric vehicle. From a service point of view, I know I've talked to a couple of engineers, and there are some considerations when it comes to equipment that you need to service the vehicles. For example, uh, the battery packs. You know, Some of the new pure electrics have a battery pack that's essentially the size of a queen-size mattress and weighs about 2,000 pounds. You obviously need an open lift to be able to over, raise and lower such a thing. Yeah. And there's lots of, of talk about things like recycling and, and that sort of thing. And we'll get into that in a minute. But the equipment that you have to service hybrids, I know everybody's afraid of the big orange wire they need to be, but the gloves that we need, the high voltage test equipment, things like that. Do you think you're pretty well equipped to cope with electric vehicles? I'm well equipped to quote, to take care of the ones that I'm working on now. For example, I had a Chevy Volt come in as a no start and I went through and did the procedure and there's three, basically three battery sections to it. It's in a big T under the car Mm -hmm. and the equipment to lower that so that I could replace the one of the three sections that had failed. The equipment's like $10,000 and takes a lot of area. So I just got the car running for him so he could take it to a dealer and get it, get that section taken care of. But Priuses and most of the hybrids I do have, I do have the equipment. The biggest issue is making sure you got the safety training and equipment. And what made me not afraid of it was the statistics of, you know, look, look how many high electric voltage electricians are out there that you don't hear about them getting lit up every day. Mm-hmm. So if you use the right procedures, you'll be safe. You talked about being ASC certified in the L3 certification, I believe it is, right? For hybrid electric vehicles? Yes, sir. Where do you get your training? CTI is excellent. Mm-hmm. They have excellent training. They have uh, Zoom classes right now, but they used to have in-school classes or in, mm-hmm. you know live classes. Uh, AVI On Demand has some excellent training videos. Uh, there's plenty of books. You, can, you just got to go find it, but there's plenty of videos and Zoom classes. If you're looking, you can find it. If you want it, it's there. Mm-hmm. That's where I found it. Everything you mentioned actually has been online. Has that been a function of the past year where we've all been kind of, you know, prevented from live events? Is that something you'd you'd prefer to do live or you would do live going forward? I really enjoy, I I love the live, Mm -hmm. but I really enjoy the Zooms for this reason. I'm one of those people that has to take the class two or three times for it. You know, I learn a little bit more each time. Mm -hmm. And with the Zoom classes, I can take two or three different instructors in the same class at different times. And when it's all said and done, I, I hear different mixes of it and I just seem to learn it a lot better. So for me, I really enjoy the Zoom classes because I get to take it multiple times and, and uh, it sinks in my old head a little bit better than just going to a live class. Well, I guess it's true. You can teach old dogs to tricks, right? But it's it's not easy. It's not as easy as it was. You know, somebody once said to me, you know, I still feel like I'm 20 years old until I look in the mirror or try to do anything, you know, and your body lets you know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and again, this is obviously um, a technology that is going to be around for the young, as they say, 
going forward. Are, I assume you're training your technicians as well, right? Bringing them along to, uh, to handle the new technology? Absolutely. They're being signed up. They're, they, they won't touch anything unless I make sure the safety procedures are followed. My son actually works with me. He's worked with me since he was, you know, probably too young to work with me, but uh, he's 22. He's been to, to a couple of the hybrid classes. He's changed ABS actuators on several Priuses and, and uh, you know, they're, I'm, yeah, I can't do it forever. I'm 57. So I got them learning. I assume your succession program involves your son at this point in time, right? I hope, yes. Well, I, you know, and actually that's something else we're seeing a lot of. We're, we're going through one of the biggest transitions, I think, generational shifts, certainly in, in the history of our industry. A lot of the boomers like you and me, we dominated the market for so long, but we're ready to pass the baton, as they say, at this point in time. And I think it's, it's comforting to know that there's a cadre behind us that are coming along that are going to be able to to pick, pick all this stuff up, as you say, probably easier than we did. They say anything that was around when you were born is not technology to you. Televisions, for example, for us, you know, they've always been there as far as I'm concerned. But something like computers and all were, were a challenge at the beginning, but not so much for the younger generation. They think differently. And again, they te- seem to adapt more easily. Is that true in your business as well? Do you envision an easy shift when it becomes pure electric in the mix? I do, because it's not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And so we're, you know, it's like anything. It's like, heck, when I, when, when I started, uh, it's when all the little four-cylinder turbos came out with Chrysler in, in 83 and, and it scared everybody. And, and now you look at a car today and it's so much more complicated and so much tighter. And it just was a matter of we grew into it. So I, I see it the same way with the electrical. We're going to get a chance to grow into it. And aftermarket, hey, I'm going to benefit from the fact that the factory is going to hammer out all the all the hardest parts and I get to walk in and, and uh, take off and learn from their already hard learned experiences. Well, you know, statistically, 70% of the vehicles, even the ones under warranty are, are having their maintenance done in the aftermarket. That's always been true. And I assume that's always going to be true for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, the, the relationships that the aftermarket has with their customers, the convenience, that sort of thing. Plus the simple fact that there's, there's more of them. So aftermarket's always been needed, I assume it will be. But when you're talking about going forward, what opportunities do you think there are going to be? People say, oh, you know, we're not going to be able to do oil changes anymore. Well, in the hybrids, actually you do. What sort of service opportunities do you see in the hybrids that tell you that this is going to be not all that different from what we're doing now, just a slight adjustment for the powertrain side? What sort of, of work do, do you think electric vehicles are going to need in the way of maintenance that are really not going to be that much different from what we're doing now. Well, they still got hybrids have regular brake systems Mm -hmm. and, you know, they got tires, they got front end parts that can wear Uh, all electric vehicles are going to have battery systems. They're going to have different, you know, it's just like a guy that works on computers. Mm -hmm. We're going to be, we're going to go in and diagnose it and find what's wrong. And, and I'm sure that, you know, you're not going to swap out a whole, a whole motor or generator or something like that, you probably go in and change just the defective parts. You're just going to have to adapt, be a little more electrical. And it's like everything. It's all, I mean, you can't even work on, you can't even work on a lot of cars today. If you can't run a scan tool, if you can't read information, I mean, just to do a rear brake job, you got to hook up a scan tool and put the brakes in the proper place to be able to change them out and then recalibrate them. When you're done, you change a battery on a Beamer, you got to go in and register the battery. I mean, so we're already on our way to this stuff. It's just going to be a different thing, a different way. 
but there's going to be plenty of money in it. Mm-hmm. Plenty of opportunity to do the repairs. Again, these things do break. They're machines. Things wear out, as you said. Some of the biggest concerns I've heard when I'm talking to some of the folks in the industry have really to do with things that aren't on the repair side. They're more on the on the business management side when it comes to things like disposal of hazardous materials that you have around. Have you run into a problem with recycling hybrid batteries? Have you changed any of those yet or, or done any of that? No. Usually people are buying the, uh, they're going online and having people come out to their house because they're, they're dirt cheap, but they're finding problems with them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it generally, you, you got mobile companies that could come out and throw a rebuilt battery in it for, you know, a thousand bucks. And um, I can't compete with that, but, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I haven't worried about it, but whoever I would buy, I mean, I, I have priced them out. And if I buy a battery, that's the same company you send it back to, to recycle it. So, mm-hmm. You know, there should be no problem with people tossing them in the garbage or anything like that. Well, as I said, that's, that's one of the concerns is to make sure that we're actually equipped to do all that. I know there's actually some companies that are starting to emerge that have things like tracking for the batteries, a life, life cycle tracking for the batteries and things like that. And again, the, uh, the secure cradle to grave process that's necessary to make sure these things are, are recycled properly. You had mentioned training that you have, you, you said CTI and things like that. Is there anything that you think that you'd like to see more of to prepare you for the electric vehicles? Any sort of, any sort of training, whether it's technical or, or management, do you think that the industry should be looking at to uh, better prepare the, the shops for what's coming? I just think there needs to be more individualized training. You know, there needs to be a Toyota hybrid class. There needs to be a Chevy Volt class. Teslas, uh, you're going to start seeing information, being able to work on Teslas. There needs to be Tesla classes. I mean, it's just it's just cars. They're similar, but they're different enough that there needs to be some individualized training. Hmm. And again, uh, you had mentioned the uh, the online stuff seems to work pretty well for you. How does it work for your technicians? Do they get the same benefit from it that you do you know, with respect to being able to review and that sort of thing? Oh, yeah, I can go in and sign them up for classes and they can sit in the comfort of their own home at seven o'clock at night, mm-hmm. log in and, and you can, you can, uh, you, you know, there's some of the classes are just pre-recorded, but all the online Zoom classes, you can ask questions and, and if you got a problem and plus there's a book, you get the booklet downloaded to you. So yes, they can definitely take advantage of it. Have you had any trouble getting the service information you need for the hybrid vehicles that you're working on? Or is that pretty much easily available through your information system? It's a little more tricky. You got to hunt a little harder. Sometimes you got to go in and pay for a, uh, a short-term subscription to the manufacturer site. Sometimes, you know, uh, there's so many good sites of text that get together. You can post a question and somebody that's worked on them, you know, I mean, there's always somewhere, somebody somewhere that's worked on a dozen of what you're getting your behind kicked on mm-hmm. that can offer you some where to look and where to find the parts and stuff. But yeah, it's the um, aftermarket repair information is lacking a little bit, but it's, it's starting to lack. It's just so much information now. It's starting to lack in everything. So yeah, it's hard to keep up. Uh, they say information doubles at a fantastic rate now. And uh, just keeping keeping up with the with the online systems, I imagine it's got to be a challenge for the information providers just to keep it, you know, keep it coming in. Yeah. What about your equipment? Have you had mentioned scan tools and stuff? I know we do a lot of reprogramming, and I would imagine with electric vehicles, 
that's going to be even more true, where there's going to be a lot of software fixes. Do the scan tools that you have work on hybrids as well as your, as your standard vehicle fleet, or is there a need for some custom equipment for that sort of thing? Well, for the mainline ones, I haven't worked on a Tesla or anything like that, but like for the Chevy Volt that I had, I was able to, to see everything I did. But again, you got access with a J2534, you got access to pay for a, you could have the factory scan tools too, they're available. Uh, but I haven't needed it with the Volt, the Priuses. I tend to find what I need in the scan tools that I have. I have some pretty high-end aftermarket scan tools, but I do have some, like I have Ford factory information. I have some GM factory information. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, I do enough Priuses, I'll have to have the, the Prius factory tool and factory information. It's just, it's just like you said, it's just things are growing so fast. I don't think the aftermarkets can keep up. Mm-hmm. So, But it's available. What do you think overall, the, uh, uh, your opinion, uh, again, we've, we've talked about, you know, this is just something new that's coming down the road. We, we've adapted to what's in the past. There's always some that decide, okay, I'm done. You know, uh, I've gone as far as I want to for whatever the reason they, they decide to move on. But for the most part, it's been my experience that the industry tends to rise to the challenge. What do you think from your perspective, looking around at, at some of the folks that are, that are doing the same type of work or maybe haven't gone into the uh, hybrid electric vehicle market yet? What's your perception? Do you think the industry is going to be able to adapt to this, or is this something that's going to going to be a real challenge for us going forward? I don't see it being any problem adapting. There are some people out there that are just amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the scope stuff and the electric stuff. These guys are, I mean, I mean, they're just way out in front at figuring out how to diagnose cars and figure cars and fix cars, and they're just amazing. And those people are just gonna they're they're just gonna drag us into the next level. There's some serious young guns out there. There are some serious, highly talented people that 30 years ago would have been working for Dell or, or you know, a big computer company. And uh, now they just say, realized all the cool things in cars and computers. And it's so everything software and they're, and they're, and they're bringing that skill to the automotive field. They're going to drag us into the next level. They're going to drag us old timers. That's a great advertisement for the next generation. I mean, uh, you know, cars are cool. And it's funny, those of us who grew up prior to all the electronics, you know, and got into it, it's amazing in one career how far we've come, you know, working on essentially mechanical systems up to all the high tech stuff. But as I said at the beginning of this thing, you know, for the younger folks, this isn't technology for them. And it doesn't surprise me to hear you say that, that there's lots of young guns out there. There always have been. And I think uh, I think that therein lies the hope for the uh, for the industry for the future. Well, Tony, this has been great. Any last words, any final advice you might have for anyone who's not quite getting into hybrid business or electric cars, but is thinking about doing it? Any, any advice for how best to prepare? Take some classes. What's it going to cost you? Sign up, spend a little money, take some classes, realize that a lot of stuff is just, just like you've done for the last however many years you've been doing it. It's just got to, you just got to, you know, you got to be safe. You got to follow procedures, but like I said, look up and see how, when's the last time you've seen a high wire guy get electrocuted. They don't Yeah. follow the procedures, be safe and take some classes and realize what you're missing out on. Well, that's good advice. Well, Tony, I want to thank you for your time today. It's been great. Uh, very enlightening. We'll have to circle back with you from time to time as we move down this road. It sounds like you've got a pretty good handle on it and uh, good luck with the business and everything else. And again, uh, we have been talking with Tony Masuto the owner of Everything Automotive in Jacksonville, about the future of our industry when it comes to electric vehicles and hybrids. And it looks, from Tony's perspective, like the future is bright. Tony, again, I want to thank you for your time. It's been great. 
My pleasure. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you're brand new to the ASA podcast or if you've been here before, I encourage you to subscribe so you won't miss some of the great things we have coming up in our future episodes. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and you'll be good to go. If you enjoy our podcast and find our content valuable, make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening to this. And if you're an automotive service facility shop owner listening to this podcast and you'd like to know more about ASA, I invite you to visit our website at asashop.org. I'm Tony Mala, and thanks for listening.